Welcome to the Parishioners Banter Podcast. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, folks, we got a setup. We got one. We got a little bit of a cheap podcast setup. It was uh, it was Prime Day. Shout out Jeff Bezos. <laughs> and uh, the wives let us swipe the credit card. <laughs> it didn't hurt our marriages too much. No. And it helped our credit score. And it helped our credit score. And you know what? Shout out Kenzie because she's someone who was like, hey, don't you want to buy stuff for podcasts? I was like, yeah. Wow. I know. She literally met you where you're at. You I know. know. You didn't have to ask. Dude. That's marriage. <laughs> nice. Well, as uh, we have had the privilege of being able to kind of share uh, this whole building the podcast experience uh, with friends and family that have kind of come up to us and been like, hey, listen to the podcast. We got to, I guess, Daniel kind of talked to me about our, our life stories and how that's his favorite part of the podcast. Mm-hmm. So uh, life stories. And so, Connor, you brought a couple of a couple of ideas to open up the podcast. I don't know what they're going to be, but I'm going to dip it off to you. Yeah, I'd like to formally title this segment segment "Life Archives." Life Archives. Yes, we need we need a uh, a sound effect. You oh, know, you like know keyboard. <laughs> you know what? Give me a month. Give me a month. I got you. Uh, we could always edit sound effects in like after. That's true. You know, but like, there's something about the internet, like yeah. in the moment. Yeah, yeah, there is like, like on pastors talk where like uh, whenever oh, I, I can't handle that one. I, I hate that one. Mark Dever hits the elephant. Oh, I can't. <laughs> it's so loud. If you're gonna do that, at least like level it out. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Connor, hit us with the life ar- archives for today. Yeah. So we're going to take a trip back yesterday. Yesterday, yeah, um, I'm officially titling the story DIY bank robberies. <laughs> what? And uh, let me break this down. Haven't I told you about this yet, David? No. Okay, <laughs> so uh, I got home yesterday. It was a good day at work, um, pretty chill day. And I want to surprise Madison uh, by ordering Jimmy John's. And so I went to go open our safe because we're cash only because it just helps us a little bit better. And I went to go put in the combination, and the batteries were dead. Oh baby, I know where this is going. Yeah, yeah, I know because you, you, you become part of this story. Yeah, I do. Yeah, so uh, Dailing, what I did, um, I did what any rational man would do, um, and instead of calling my wife and explaining the situation <laughs> and letting her ground me in logic and reason, uh, the overwhelming masculine desire to obliterate my safe with brute force took over, <laughs> and so I uh, grabbed my hammer <laughs> and uh, I tried whacking it open. And eventually I got the little knob that you turned to like open it. I got that broken off and I put the butt end of the hammer into the hole that it attaches to, to try and pry it. Uh And while I was doing that, the, uh, the butt of the hammer slipped and took out a chunk of my hand. Dude, why? Yeah. It's not that bad. Like the cut cuts right here. You see it? Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't uh, in a great mood when that happened. I was not. And then right after that, my dog got out of the yard and ran laps around my neighbor's backyard and so i chased her shirtless in my socks for 20 minutes 
And so I was pretty emotionally broken at that point. Oh, no. Um, and so Madison came home, and she saw what I had done, and she <laughs> didn't really feel that bad for me. <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. Um, Sorry. So I texted Pat, and I was like, hey, Matt, really need help. <laughs> He's like, hey, um, I got you after VBS. And so... Uh, shout out to Patrick for helping me out with what that. A but friend. I, I get yeah. over to his house and he just grabs it out of my hand and chucks it onto the cement to see if it would break. Oh. <laughs> Didn't work. Yeah, I just thought like if if that worked, that'd been hilarious. Yeah, yeah it would be awesome. I had other plans, but you know. Yeah. Do you want to take over the rest of the story from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, I think for me it was uh, well past midnight at this point. <laughs> Getting was, there for sure. And I was uh, ready for bed, but I knew. Um, Connor needed me and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just pried the safe open with a couple tools, some old tricks, um, and, uh, got the safe open and, uh, my, 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 my next plan, if, if I couldn't get the safe open was I was going to tie it behind my truck and, uh, drive down the interstate. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> Sorry. but, uh, it was a little late and it felt taboo, so, the pry bar was the second option, so I went ahead with that. Is this like a like a full on like metal? Like... Yeah, yeah, it's like a yeah. metal safe. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, moral of the story, though, um, if you own or are thinking about owning an Amazon Basics safe, <laughs> um, two words of encouragement: um, make sure you change the batteries. Yeah. And if you don't, there's actually a tube key that you can buy at Walmart for like three dollars to manually unlock it. Um, so it's a universal tube key lock wait for a safe yeah i mean it's amazon it's not a great yeah, safe like, it's, it's not, not a great safe you should not, not buy so it. I, I could buy the key from walmart and open up yes, your safe. okay you so it's a good decoy safe yeah <laughs> um yeah. so yeah and that and if you lose the key uh you could definitely break it open uh <laughs> make sure you have the right tool for the job so though. you got your money <laughs> at the end of the day right yeah we got all of our money back, okay guaranteed. all right baby uh do you have any other life archives over there you guys remember dog I remember dog. dog. I remember dog. dog from your bachelor trip. Yeah, yeah, I do remember the dog from my bachelor trip. Yeah, you wanna you wanna dive into that story? Oh, this is a tough story. <clears throat> it is a tough story. It's 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 a story of emotional roller coasters. Okay, I'm 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 gonna do it. But but I feel like one of the beauties of this story is that there are so many perspectives. There were yeah, there were so <laughs> many different perspectives. And uh, mine is just happens to be one of them. And so uh, fast forward, or no, I'm sorry, rewind back a couple of years. Um, the, the boys took me on a bachelor trip to Asheville, North Carolina. We had had a long day of uh, breaking records in escape rooms. Well, almost. Almost. We were like it. seven seconds. If you guys would have listened to me, we would have done it. And you guys know that's the truth. I don't remember what happened to me. I'm honest. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Connor, for remembering the truth. And uh, we we were heading back to the to the car, and this and this guy comes out of uh, the alleyway, and he's like, "My name's Dog." We're like, "Hi, Dog." He's like, "But my friends call me Brandon." <laughs> Wait, was it the other way around? Yeah, I was gonna. It was the other way around, but I was gonna let you roll with it. Oh dang! So dang. Okay, so it was. It was. My name's Brandon, but my friends call me Dog, and uh, <laughs> he he had this trench coat on. Was, this is like 10 p.m., 11 p.m. On, yeah, and yeah, busy this night. Is in really Ash- sketchy, Asheville, right? Asheville. 
Asheville, yeah. Really, really, really sketchy. Or was it Asheboro? Asheville. It's definitely Asheville. Asheville. <laughs> no, Asheboro is a suburb in Somerville. <laughs> Actually, uh, actually a neighborhood same uh, thing same th- it doesn't doesn't matter uh but basically uh this this epi- like this this i said episode because i'm thinking about the podcast this experience uh really started to hype up at this point because dog as we'll refer to him because he is our friend uh would not take his pockets or hands out of his pockets of his massively creepy trench coat and he uh, proceeded to explain to us that he was, you know, on meth and, you know, doing this, that, and the third, and that he was in a uh, trash bag sleeping all day. So sad. I know. It's, it's really depressing. And that people had been passing him all day. Uh, and, then, and then he told, proceeded to tell us that because of this, someone had to pay yeah, and uh, <laughs> I was like, fully convinced that that was going to be me. <laughs> so kind of give you the uh, the rundown of how this little conversation circle is going down. So I'm standing right in front of our boy dog, maybe three feet away, and he's got his hand in this big old trench coat. He's wearing layers too, and he's fidgeting around with his right hand, and I'm like nervous as heck that I'm about to get shot or stabbed. <laughs> and at this point, I'm just hoping that the derpy little camera I've ha- I have hanging around my neck like a little nerd will block a bullet or <laughs> get lucky enough that I'll stab the camera and not my body. And, and meanwhile, Patrick goes on full ninja mode and hands me a knife. <laughs> like pass, you, you know, like that, um, you know, that dad, what the, what is it? The tax dad tax or something. Yeah. Um, when you're driving and your dad's in the front seat, he hears you opening a bag of Skittles or something. And he does that, like that backhand thing where he's yeah. asking for, Payment, dad payment, something like that. I don't know. Well, he kind of handed the knife to me like that, and so I took it. Because we and were either going to hug this guy and share the gospel with him, or uh, we were going to win that fight. Well, I'm just yeah. letting you know, if, if it came down to that point, I, I wouldn't know what to do with the knife. I'd, I'd probably just... So, yeah. resume, and he's like, people have been passing me all day long, and nobody's giving me what I need, and somebody's got to pay. And I'm just like... <laughs> guess that's me i'm i'm gonna die and i look to my left and pat's inching his way kind of like in a like flanking dog essentially and i see pat has a knife behind his back this that he's fully different. prepared hey to... one second one second this is a different knife than the one that i had already given daylight you had two knives yeah. wow so it was really that night that pat really confirmed his love for me um so what pat did is he de-escalated the situation and he grabbed dog by the shoulder and he's just like hey man why don't we why don't we sit down on these steps over here and he's like yeah sure yeah so we chat dog up and uh kind of get to hear about his life he pretty much told us that he absorbs people's energy (laughs) um i still to this day don't quite know what that means but he asked to grab my hands so he could feed on my energy and i uh reluctantly um said no Uh, i didn't really know what the polite thing to do in that situation was. what do you do yeah, you, I mean, you just kind of escalate. No. I gave him my hands. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. But anyways, we sit him down, and we just kind of ask him what he needs, and he promptly asked him money for meth, and we were like, yeah, we can't really do that in good conscience. Uh, but uh, we prayed for him, and we asked him if there's anything else besides drugs that we could get him. We offered to buy him food, to which he declined because he had cavities. 
But then he was <laughs> he like, like, wait, but like he was like, my cavities really, really hurt me. Like I have a lot of pain because of my cavities. So Connor, Connor, what did he ask for? I could go for a chocolate shake from Ben and Jerry's. Wow. And we were like, that doesn't really make sense in light of what you just said, but we'll honor it. So he has cavities, but it's also freezing outside. Yeah, it's winter. Yeah, it, it really not a good mix for somebody who's in extraordinarily, like, awful oral pain. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Uh, but then, then he did something really sketchy. Didn't show up to Ben and Jerry's. Me and uh, our other friend, Gerald Wheaton, who is now with us with Connor, uh, thought that we were about to get ambushed by a bunch of dogs' friends. So that was interesting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, great, great, great memories. Uh, super glad it happened. Um, but, yeah, yeah, boys. So quick quick note, right, as we as we transition here. Wait, actually, uh, Dylan, uh, Connor, do you have any more life archives that you wanted to hit? There was something weird that happened in the bank, right? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> this this happened yesterday. So Pat texted me and said, hey, you want to go run some errands with me on my lunch break? And I was like, sure, why not? So we uh, went to the bank, and then we were going to go to a friend's house to take care of her cat. <clears throat> and I'm, uh, I'm sitting down inside uh, Wells Fargo waiting for Pat to do what he does. And a, uh, this total Chad-looking dude who's standing a couple uh, people back in line just yells at Pat he sees Pat's sneakers which are just some like Nikes yeah yeah I'm not a sneakerhead as we talked about in the last episode <laughs> okay like I don't I'm not like into shoes like that and th- but th- this is what this guy said he's like did love those shoes bro <laughs> to, to this point where I, I'm very confused because if you've ever been to a bank it's not really like you don't it's not really a social gathering, you know, yeah. like you don't, you don't really like address one another in that manner, you know? Levels of awkwardness, it's second to the DMV. Like you don't make eye contact, you don't make conversation, you just <laughs> do your business and you leave. Um, but this guy's like, yeah, man, I got this on sale at a, like, shoe carnival. Um, but, you know, Yeezys really have my heart. <laughs> and I'm just like thinking, oh, cool, bro. Nobody asked, but cool. <laughs> oh, but 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 what's what's interesting about this situation is it led to a conversation that I would like us to lean into for a little bit, and it's the reality. This is this is my deduction. Okay, I I've been ha- I've had my long hair for a while now, <laughs> but people tend to respond to my long hair in a number of different ways, but one consistent way is that frat college to early 30 aged year old guys really really dig it and find me to be really really approachable because of it hence the bank experience i was in the middle of depositing money and talking to a teller and this guy screamed across the room because he saw my really unimpressive shoes (laughs) is it okay you know and i might be just like pulling this one you know but this is something that I've noticed in my life. Now, once they start talking to me, they might think, oh, his personality is my taste. It's not. But the the physical like appearance initially, what is it about the long hair that makes me approachable to that specific demographic? I think of pop culture. You know, it's like. I'll lean into that for a second. I mean, people in long hairs, with long hair movies kind of 
tend to be this chill, approachable surfer dude. Um, I was going to say the uh, guy from that classic football movie. Um, remember, remember the Titans? Remember the Titans. Sunshine? Uh, sunshine. But then again, is he approachable? I mean, he becomes approachable. Well, he was like he was like the one they all hated. That's kind of how you are. You know, everyone hates you at first. <laughs> and then people, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, he's kind of cool. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes me feel great. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Yeah. What, are you, what are your thoughts, Connor? Yeah, you always attract a specific type of dude for some reason. Yes. It's usually fellow man bunners or aspiring man bunners. That's and a really, really good distinction. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's always like a, com- like a common theme of all these people <laughs> smoking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, so the guy, so the guy who I ran into, uh, he is an owner of a prominent smoking shop here in our in the town we live in. Yeah, and like you wouldn't believe how many conversations I've ever heard Patrick having with other people, where their mind is absolutely blown that he's never smoked weed. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's like that dude we met at the peach stand. Oh, dude, yeah. Um, this guy, we go in and he automatically. Well, he just assumed Patrick played guitar and song. But I was like, no, dude, I'm sorry. And then I, Patrick told him that I played a guitar. And he was like, dude, let's grab a smoke, all of us, and just jam out. Yeah. And what's funny about it is he wanted you to bring your own weed. Yeah. Like, he, he assumed that I smoked weed. He's like, hey, just bring some smoke. And the thing is, he didn't, he didn't ask. You know, if you're going to ask for know. weed, at least ask. But I, I kid you not, I've had coworkers who have come up to me and asked me if, if they could buy weed from me. <laughs> it's like, like, were, like no one asks anymore. But like, like for me, it's like, it's like, I don't like, we never had a conversation about that before that question or a conversation period <laughs> or a conversation period. Uh, and it, it's just funny that long hair, being a long-haired white guy automatically puts me in a surfer category, drug dealer category, and uh, this this like niche group of guys that see, is deemed approachable by a bunch of chads. See, that's why I don't see a lot of long-haired passers. So you'll have to take care of that soon. <laughs> <laughs> Unqualified. 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 Snip, snip. Um. <laughs> Well, that's good. That, that was that was funny. That was funny. So uh, we moving forward. We we had a we had an interesting topic that Dalen kind of brought up oh, in our pre production meeting that that I think would be beneficial in this little bonus episode that we're doing. Uh, so Dalen, why don't you kind of open up the conversation? Let us know what your thoughts are, mm-hmm. what your goals and that are, and then uh, I'm gonna dish it off to you. Yeah. So I uh, kind of suggesting to uh, uh, talk about our testimonies. Um, really quick, you know, not, not go too long with it, but, um, just a way for people to get to know us if they don't know us already, or, you know, they probably know only one of us and not the rest of the crew. But, um, and also I feel like people may know you, but they may not know your testimony. You That's know? a really good point. Why, why would, and again, like a lot of real quick side, a lot of times when I ask questions to my brothers on this podcast, it's because I want them to say certain thing that I know they're thinking. So Dalen, why, why would someone listening to this podcast care about our testimony? 
Um, I, I, the point, I, one of the points for this podcast is to create a space where Christians can come and feel encouraged and um, just kind of rest and uh, have a laughter, but also uh, just leave the podcast thinking about something. And so, you know, I feel like the Lord puts experiences, puts experiences in our lives to kind of, um, you know, teach others, encourage others, and uh, just show them like, hey, you're not alone. You know, we all struggle with this. So, I mean, I, I feel like it's 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 a good thing to listen to people's testimonies, um, find comfort in that. So, and also, I just, I, me personally, I love hearing people's testimonies because it's just, Amen. it's just, it's great to see what the Lord has done. And it's also... It's entertaining in a way. I don't know. It's a bad word, but it's I like it. You know, it's interesting. It's interesting. Praise yeah. the, praise, praise the Lord. I, <laughs> you yeah. th- you pulled a day Ling. Yeah. Wow. Don't make fun of you now. <laughs> no, I think I think you're doing great. <laughs> no, I'm saying like your voice crack. Oh, tough. <laughs> praise, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh. Alan Patrick came uh, and roasting me today. Awesome. So. Well, in the spirit of testimonies, Dayling, I'm gonna put you on the spot one more time. Let's do it. Um, go ahead and give us. I always like testimonies to be, and we can we can structure it this way if you want. Uh, where you're from, where you're at now, and where you're going. Where am I from? Where am I at now? Where am I going? I'm from Miami, Florida. Go Dolphins! I don't watch football, but <laughs> <laughs> have you ever watched a, a Dolphins game? Like, no. Yeah, <laughs> but when I played. Um, uh, Madden. I always pick them. Oh yeah. I don't. I didn't. I didn't. I don't know too much about football. So anyway, <laughs> from Miami, uh, but I was raised in Somerville, South Carolina, all my life, um, and I grew up in a Christian household. My family is Christian, um, and just skipping a lot. I I uh, in high school, I thought I don't think I was saved. Um, I said a lot of, um, I just didn't have a relationship with Christ. Um, I knew him. Um, I, I said I read the Bible, but, you know, I, I didn't really know him. And so I went to college. Um, college was even harder, I think. I think that's where the Lord really started to, uh, really started to mold me. And uh, I went through a lot of, a lot of poopy times. And uh, it was just... That just give us give us one of those poopy times. I, I don't know. Um, I uh, married married to my beautiful wife, but uh, we were always in the best spots, and I did some really dumb things, things that I'm sure made people question my salvation. <laughs> um, and but you know what? The Lord used that. He used those moments. Praise the Lord for the grace of God. Amen. So. Um, that's where I found, I, I can't do this alone. I can't do this without God. Um, and it, it, you have to be in a, in a spot. Well, for some people, you have to be really, you have to really be at a spot where, um, is someone okay? Did someone die? It's fine. Okay. Sorry. I just heard some bumping from the other room. It's probably the dogs. <laughs> for me, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really, I, I couldn't comprehend how much I needed God mm-hmm. until I was in the darkest point in my life and that's where i was like yeah i literally cannot do this without you so after that um my friends are a huge part of my walk with the lord and um 
we started going to Park Baptist Church, and that that's where I got discipled and encouraged daily. And um, I'm still growing to this day, but I owe it to, obviously, the Lord. But the Lord gave me a church, beautiful church, friends. Um, my wife, she's great. And um, my family had a I had a, a part in that, too. So, yeah, that's my testimony in a very quick way. Amen. Amen. Um, it because because I know you so well what person or what like what kind of person listening right now do you think you have some words for based off your experience yeah people who struggle with anger bitterness pride um I feel like that talks a lot I feel like that a lot of men struggle with that and obviously women too but um feel like a lot of men struggle with that and it's just good to know that you're not alone uh people struggle with that but also god is bigger than your anger it's bigger than your bitterness and uh god really really showed me that in my life and he really showed me that in the darkest parts of my life and so um yes i i i think i think someone who struggles with all those things will really um be encouraged by some things i have to say about that so um if you know me and you want to talk about those things i don't know if i can you know counsel you <laughs> disciple you through that you know i'm currently seeking things like that but um uh, i just love to talk to you so pray, pray, praise the lord mm-hmm. seriously um last last question about your testimony if you had a word of encouragement maybe something that helped you or um maybe a specific Bible verse, some, just something yeah. that the, the fella or the, or the young lady that's, that's in your, sh- your shoes, um, in the midst of your suffering and, or that that's in the place that you were at one time. Mm. What, what, what do you have to say to them? Two little quick things. Um, it's reading Matthew, uh, like two days ago and it was in part, I, I can't tell you the exact chapter. I forgot, but, um, part where uh, Jesus just found out John the Baptist uh, died and um, he went up on a hill to kind of you know just be sad you know his friend died and he sees a crowd of great people coming to him seeking healing and, and such and instead of him being all mad and and being like, what are these people doing? I'm literally going through like, like pain right now. He it said that he had compassion on them, and so it really stuck out to me because how many times have I not given people compassion um, when they really needed it? Instead, I was being selfish, and I wanted my own my own way. Um, I really quick uh, listened to a podcast by G4. Uh, what, what, what's G4? G4 is, I don't know, Pastor Dave sent me this uh, podcast series. Um, really, we're, it's, it's on anger. Um, and it's really good. I, I can't find it. Goodness. Sorry, it's drawing out. We can link it in the show notes, maybe. Yeah, we'll link it in the show, maybe. But it's called, um, uh, it's by G4 em- Emotions. It's the a series of overcoming anger and it's by the pastor um 
by, by a passer. I, I can't tell you the name, but I'll, I'll leave a link to it. Uh, Brad Hambrick. Oh, okay. Brad Hambrick. Sorry. Is he with, uh, what church is that up in, in the Raleigh area? Summit? It is It is in North Carolina. I, I think that's. I think it's Summit Church. I think it is, is Summit. Is he a Summit guy? I think so. Cool. I think so, cool. too. Cool. But yeah, so, sorry, that was, that was drawn out. But uh, he said um, anger becomes sin. It becomes an issue when you make when you make that more important than the person you're angry at. Hmm. So I've been angry at so many people, but I've made anger a higher priority than that person alone. Praise the Lord. As I was like, wow. So I feel like someone needs to hear that. So, yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, brother, at the end of the table, Connor, Connor McKinley Moore. Is that a joke? Yeah, yeah, that's a joke. <laughs> I, I, no, it wasn't. Yeah, no, it's literally a joke. I know your middle name's not McKinley. What's my middle name, Pat? <laughs> doesn't know your middle name. McNeil. Friendship was on the line there for a second. <laughs> yeah, I know what your middle name is. I, okay, well, that was a reference to a, a show. Uh, Connor didn't know. He's just trying to play it off. No, no. How I Met Your Mother, whenever Barney uh, was introducing Ted, he would add a new obscure middle name. And so it would always be like, Ted Evelyn Mosby. What his middle name was Evelyn? Or it would be... Well, no, no. He would it wasn't. Like, I don't know. It wasn't. That was, that was the whole joke. I forgive you. But I think we all know that that was a mistake and not a, not a joke. Hey, Connor, what's your testimony? <laughs> so, I'm from the, depending on who you ask, the glorious Somerville, South Carolina. Go Green Wave! Shout out John McKissick, the most winning coach of football. 600. <laughs> Mr. So, Eddie Fail listening to the podcast? <laughs> does he know we have a podcast? I'm not sure. Hey, guys, uh, fun fact, Connor's uh, backdoor neighbor... Uh, Mr. Eddie Fail. He's also a faithful member of our church. Uh, he's lived in the same house since 1969. Bought it for seven grand. Can bought you believe it, that? Yeah, that makes bought, me angry. Yeah, he bought it for seven grand. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just a lover. And he actually knew uh, a weird fact about our small town, which is that our high school football coach was the most winningest football coach of all time with like over 600 wins and – it's just yeah. it's some crazy stats, but anyway, uh, that that's something that we bond over. So yeah, seven grand for a house. Can you imagine only paying utilities? D- different times, different. Sometimes it feels like it takes seven grand to fill my truck up at the gas station. Now. Amen. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm from Somerville, and that's kind of our common point um, of origin. Um, so I was born in a very like classic. Bible Belt household, um, so you you have a lot of Christian moralism, um, where it's go to church on Easter and Christmas and kind of just culturally be a moral person kind of thing. And so um, my brother is actually the first person in our household um, to come to know the Lord at a pretty young age, um, because um, the church that I went to growing up, my parent or my mom. And her mom had been in that church for a really long time. So we had a lot of friends in that church. I went to preschool in that church. Um, and then for most of elementary school up until like fourth or fifth grade, I don't really remember going to church that often. Um, but 
one day um, I I had a lot of older kids in my neighborhood that didn't influence me very well and so I think I spiraled into some pretty deep sin early on in my life and uh, I remember my brother sharing the gospel with me when I was about 10 years old and um, at that point I was already like shockingly deep into a lot of sin um, and kind of aware that I was wrong um, but I was more sorry that I got caught and that there was a God that I was accountable to um, and instead of letting that fear drive me to repentance I think I fled and spiraled into a lot more sin um, and I was in church um, at that point uh, but I was definitely a hypocrite and a false convert and I think it really wasn't until maybe towards the latter end of my high school career um, when the Lord really started wooing my heart and drawing me to him and changing my desires um, and leading me into repentance and understanding the way to my sin and the holiness of God um, as best as I could at that time. And so I don't have an exact moment when I'm that switch flipped, but I know that I am a completely different person because of the work of Jesus Christ now that I was um, before I met him. And so uh, going forward from there, I mean, the Lord changed many desires in my heart. He really worked out a lot of the selfishness and lustful passions of the flesh that um, mm. waged war against me and uh, pursued some schooling, uh, which I hope to continue. And um, he's gifted me with a really healthy church body here in Amen. our town. Amen, Connor. Connor, what, what makes you a little unique in comparison to... I don't know, the, the regular 23, 24-year-old Christian man, maybe a personality trait or something that God has gifted you with that's peculiar that maybe you've had to work through or um, has really stretched you in your sanctification? That was a really good question. Um, Thanks, baby. <laughs> You know what's funny about that is I told Daniel today that we call each other baby, and he was, like, absolutely mind-blown. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope that some people who listen to this podcast listen to another podcast yeah. and understand why me and Connor call each other baby. You know what? I was, I've been thinking about that for a week. <laughs> I'm sure people are wondering why we call each other baby. That's you, the beauty. You is both like, call we each other baby more. Yeah. I, I don't say it. <laughs> Well, that's because like we don't want them to know. We want them to find out on their own because the when they do, the the truth is resounding. Like <laughs> it's just like it's like right there in your face. But I want you to chew on that question. I want you to answer it. Um, you go. Yeah, I think because a lot of the sin that I fought um, and was a slave to for um, most of my adolescence. Um, that it really affected my ability to be emotionally available, um, whether it was just emotional laziness or maybe just apathy in general, um, just being charitable and gracious and like unselfish with my emotions and you know processing things and working through those and using them as a tool to glorify God instead of this uh, thing that I was frustrated with, didn't really understand, um, and it would also it would lead me to be pretty pretty angry at times like I wasn't I was a patient person but that's because I was emotionally confused and so a lot of frustration and anger and things that I hadn't dealt with really built up and uh, would often come out um, 
and just kind of like almost felt like emotional vomit in a sense. And I think the Lord's really helped me uh, be more refined in that. And I think he's really used uh, my wife a lot um, in that to kind of help ground me and, you know, be the helper uh, that she is to make me a better man of God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Uh, Give us give us a mentor uh, that 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 shaped you. Uh, whether in the thing that you just said or in uh, maybe a maybe just a heartstring that you needed pulled or just give us give us someone who is particularly influential uh, in your sanctification over the years. Uh, it's gonna be Dave, Pastor Dave. He mm-hmm. really helped sift through just a lot of sin in my life and helped me put it to death um, and helped me to fight the good fight every day. Um, and, and I think that helping me deal with um, some of the sin in my life um, also made me realize just how holy God is because there is a certain point in my life where I didn't think that I'd be delivered from some of the sin that I struggle with and that this sin existed purely to keep me humble and looking back on that it's a really arrogant and immature thinking um, because once I kind of you know I, side tangent I think when most people come to know Christ there are a lot of obvious sins and it seems that we kind of get this false sense that if I deal with this these couple of things that I'll be good um, but then you kind of put those quote unquote giants to death and as you draw, and then which frees you to draw closer to God in a sense and be more effective for ministry. But then, you know, um, a theologian once said, I can't remember which one it is, um, but the closer we draw near to God, the more aware we are of our sin. Um, Amen. Amen. And so I think that in the Lord's grace, He has humbled me to reveal sin that I would have once not even thought about because I was so busy, you know, fighting these bigger battles. Um, but these ones over here are no less smaller um and yeah just yeah praise god for that you know um Mm. because if you're if you belong to him sin being revealed to you is a mercy and an act of grace of god so that you can be sanctified and that he can refine you because he loves you not because he desires to strike you down in anger wow we serve we serve a good god amen 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 What's up with you? you? Guys aren't good Southern Baptists. You didn't. You didn't say Amen back. <laughs> we said Amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. Not Amen. Almonds. <laughs> Almonds. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Pat. You've been asking all the questions. Please delight us in your testimony. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I was born and raised in Somerville, South Carolina. Shocker. Uh, just like everyone else. Go pine uh, cones. Pine cones. Whoa. That'd be funny if someone understood that reference. Um, I I was raised in a uh, Christian home by two believers that loved the Lord. Uh, but but more than anything, I I think that throughout my childhood being raised in the church, I uh, I. I was I was very blessed to find the Lord at a young age, but because maybe my framework on how to think about God and how to think about very key things like sin 
the gospel uh, weren't fully developed. I, I think I could wasted a lot of time, particularly in high school and mm-hmm. in middle school. Yeah. Uh, but with that, with that being said, uh, I'm thankful to not remember a day that I wasn't a Christian. Right. Uh, I'm thankful for that immensely. I married the woman that I met when I was 14 years old. Yeah. Who I went to the prom with and who uh, I had the hots for in high school. <laughs> Still have the hots for you, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to make everyone at this table uncomfortable. She's gonna kill me for saying that yeah, on this podcast. <laughs> but uh, I think we passed any level of discomfort in this friendship a long time ago. <laughs> the line was crossed years ago. We don't know where it is. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I married young. I was I, I got married at nineteen. Um, Wait, let me and really quick um, on that topic. Do you think getting married that young? helped you more in your sanctification or any anything like that helped me in my sanctification i'm going to kind of restructure that sec that 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 question a little bit yeah um i think god used me being married young to keep me from a lot of possible sinfulness that i may have encountered as a young 20 year old mm. Because uh, I'm still that young 20-year-old, and I'm still aware of how sinful that young 20-year-old is. And uh, God, in his grace, uh, used my wife as one of the chief instruments to pr- preserve me spiritually. And uh, see her as a treasure to me for that reason. But but with that being said, I don't I don't know if young marriage is the answer for everyone. No, I'm not, no. you know I, I that's why I kind of researched that question. You know I don't want it to be like some sort of antidote, right? Yeah. To be anything. Good uh, catch. Good catch. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with that with that all being said, uh, I uh, was in and out of a lot of different churches due to um, some church hurt that I experienced pretty aggressively in high school which I would love to talk about on another podcast. Um, but in that, I was very confused for a while. And uh, by God's grace, I uh, fell in love with his church. And I slowly began to refine uh, some of my previous deductions about the Lord and think about him in a way that glorifies him for who he really is Mm. um and by god's grace i I, i'm here today to say that uh i love god's word and i love god's people yeah and you know i was i was in the i was last night i was in the kitchen with michael diaz one of the he's getting shout out again he's gonna he's gonna start running his mouth about being a future uh owner of Parishioner's banter in Espanol. In Espanol. See? <laughs> Wait, can that actually be a thing? Yeah, he'll be your translator slash the fourth person. That'll be awesome. <laughs> oh, I was thinking we put him. Just like a separate one. I was thinking we put him, Victor, and Roberto. Oh, yeah, uh, dude. dude parishioner's banter. Awesome. <laughs> that would be a great mix. But um, I, we were talking, and I looked at I looked at Michael, and we, we were doing something for the church, and I told him, I was like, there's there's no place I would rather be than in this moment with you yeah, right now. Yeah. There's something about being in the four walls of a church 
like I, w- I would pick a church pew at Park Baptist Church over the most comfortable lazy boy with the most insane hockey game on in front of me any day of the week. Yeah. Because there's something about being with God's people and God has refined my heart to just long to be with him mm-hmm. and to be with his people. And uh, that is nothing to be – there's no credit to me at all for that. Mm-hmm. Um, that is all glory to Christ. That is all yeah. glory to the Lord and what he has done in my heart in that. And uh, Amen. anything that I can – that any fruit or any, any sort of uh, – merit of faith is 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 fully fully given to god as the chief author praise god um so yeah that's me i think uh one thing that we could be really grateful for in reflection is romans one and two that you know left to our our sin and our own fleshly desires that um we would self-destruct um and just collapse on ourselves if God handed us over to the wicked desires of our heart. Oh, praise the um, Lord. And for anybody who does not know Christ, um, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ is that, you know, we, man is sinful um, and accountable to God for their actions. And because we cannot bridge that gap by works, um, the Lord um, sent his son, Jesus Christ, in the form of man, uh, fully man, fully God, uh, to live a perfect life, to die on the cross and resurrect in three days, defeating sin and death. And we are called to repent of our sins um, and turn from them and trust in Christ as Lord and Savior um, to the glory of his name. I, I think one thing that I would be remiss or, or, or would regret not talking about is my struggle with anxiety and, the, and, and nightmares and immense turmoil over the years. Uh, but one of the brothers at this table actually day laying across the table from me one night I was I woke up because uh, we, we were roommates this actually we weren't in the same room when this happened but I, uh, I I I had had like a really bad night terror of some kind and we chose to memorize this scripture together um, and it sat with me for a lifetime I've quoted it to family members when we've lost people I've done uh, it, it's, it's just proven to be very 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 vital um, and so in that uh, the the verse is do not be anxious about anything but in everything through prayer and supplication let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus alone. I believe that's Philippians 4, verses 4 through 6, roughly. We borrowed from each one there and skipped down. But we serve a God who likes to be talked to and wants to hear from you. And, yeah. and that was something that, that changed my life. That's really good. Awesome. Yeah, I think we're going to wrap it up there. It is a late night yet again, post-VBS. But, uh, you know, Amen. praise God for his faithfulness um, to his people for calling them out of death into life, um, that we can sit around this table and enjoy good conversations to the glory of his name. Amen. Folks, we love you so much. We really appreciate your listening. Uh, make sure you tune in every Tuesday so they're able to bonus episode. Every Tuesdays we will upload. And, uh, again, we love you so much. And 
until next time.